You are listening to Alagana Travel Boutique, Trips and Stories Podcast, where we share custom-made itineraries we have curated for our clients, stories from our own often crazy adventures around the world, interviews with the most fascinating people we met on the road, plus tips and hacks that will help you plan your next adventure to Europe and beyond. Coming up in this episode, how to survive a trip to Europe with two toddlers, tips on getting to Europe without breaking the bank, jet lag hacks, suggested itinerary ideas for London and Switzerland with kids. I'm your host, Anna Fishman. Let's get started. When we think of a European vacation, we are imagining long strolls by the water, romantic dinners with views. We're imagining sleeping in and enjoying the scenery and history and museums and quality time with our loved ones. But then when we throw into that equation a toddler or two, that whole picture is completely different. I totally understand that traveling with kids is not the easiest thing. But when I became a mom, I refused to change my lifestyle. By now, you probably know that I have traveled through 27 countries. And my son, who's now almost five, has been to seven of them with me. I became a mom. And of course, for the first year or so, we didn't go far because we had a brand new baby. And we didn't even know what our names were at the time, just trying to figure out how to survive with a newborn. But then once we got a hang of this parenthood and we started kind of like getting back to our own senses, we wanted to continue the life that we had before having our son. And can we do it 100% the same way we did it before we had him? Of course not. But we wanted to continue traveling and enjoying ourselves and exploring the world. So now that our son Ruben is almost five and he appreciates much more than he used to when he was one, when we took him on our first trip, he definitely appreciates much more, remembers much more, and understands much more from our travels. I'm sure a lot of you who travel with kids, when you think of a vacation, especially to Europe, you don't really think it's a vacation. It's more like a relocation. There's so much to plan. There is so much to think about, so much to pack. It really becomes a stressful experience before, during, and after the trip because after you come back, you need time to decompress from that trip. So in this podcast, I really want to go through some of my hacks and tips from my personal travels with my son that will help you make that journey of planning and going on a trip with a toddler a little bit easier. I hear this all the time from families. Anna, how do you do it? How do you manage to take your now five-year-old flying with him, getting to the airport, getting through security lines, long flights, transfers, packing, unpacking. But you know what, guys? It's really not as complicated as it may sound. I'll give you examples from our last trip when we went to Europe for the second time with Ruben. But this time around, we decided to make it easier for ourselves. And we took my friend with her family with us. And her family consists of her husband and her four-year-old son. We went to England, specifically to London, and then to Switzerland from England. It was a long trip in terms of planning. We spent a lot of time doing the research and figuring out what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, where do we want to go. The first tip that I can give you guys is plan ahead. 
We went in August of 2019, and we started planning this trip around November of 2018. Because when you have a lot of time on your hands to plan the trip, you are not stressed out that, oh my gosh, we have a few weeks before our travel dates, and we still haven't planned anything, and we need to figure out what we're going to do, where we're going to stay, and it just creates more stress that really is necessary. When you have a long lead time before your trip, you really have the time to do the research. Even if you are not working with a travel professional, travel agent, or travel advisor, if you're working with one, great, they can definitely help narrow down the options and figure out the best destination for the time period that you're looking to travel. But if you're not working with one and you have to do all the research on your own, you don't want to be under a time crunch. You really want to give yourself some time to do the research, to sleep on it, to look into your research again and see which place or which destination really makes sense for your family. When we started doing the research for this trip, we knew for sure that we wanted to go to Europe, but we had a limited time in terms of when we could travel. Because of our schools and daycare schedules, we could only travel at the end of August. Going to Europe in August is probably not a great idea But when you are on the school schedule and that's the only time you can go, you make do. When you have a limited time that you can take off work or school and you have maybe a spring break or summer break when you have only specific weeks that you can go, you really want to make the best out of that time. We had end of August last year as the time when we could go and we definitely knew that we wanted to go to Europe. August in Europe, or should I say Europe in August, is pretty hot. And we were trying to find a destination, a country in Europe where we'll not be sweating like crazy. So we spent a lot of time doing research about the temperature in different places. I love Italy, for example, but I knew that I will be absolutely miserable in Italy in August because it's going to be insanely hot. It's also the time when most of Europeans and most of Italians go on vacation. And Italy is a popular destination for Europeans to vacation. So we knew we were going to be fighting crowds anywhere we go. So after doing extensive research through all kinds of sources, working in travel industry for several years now, I definitely have access to a lot more resources than a traditional person. So that definitely helps having access to a lot of different people who have been in the industry for even longer than I have really gives me that leg up when doing the research. So Google has nothing on us. So we we did a lot of research and we figured out that we want to go to Switzerland because we figured that Switzerland is in the center of Europe. So it's not really south. It's further north than Italy. So that would help. Also, there are a lot of mountains and lakes. So we're not in the direct sun kind of place where like in Italy, you could be by the beach or you could be in the south and it would be really, really hot and crowded. We thought that going to Switzerland will save us from the heat. And we were partially right, but partially wrong, because honestly, lately, because of the global warming or whatever is happening with our nature and our weather, it's really hard to predict. So we had some, we spent a week in Lucerne, that was our base, and we took day trips from Lucerne. So honestly, six out of seven days, it was pretty warm. It wasn't hot, which was nice, but it was definitely warm. And on the last day, it was 60 degrees. 
So we were not expecting that. Luckily, we did have some sweatshirts with us, but we definitely didn't expect it to be that cold. However, to get to Switzerland, we decided that we're going to fly to London because going to Switzerland was extremely expensive. I don't know what was happening in the world last year, but and why flights to Zurich were so, so crazy expensive. We figured that it would be so much easier for us and cheaper to fly to London first and then from London to fly to Zurich. And from Zurich, Lucerne is only about an hour by train, probably even less, maybe like 50 minutes. So before you decide on a destination, check two things. What is the weather in that destination when you're looking to travel? Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be cold? Of course, we can't predict the weather, but you can at least look at historical weather and get an idea. Look at how expensive the flights are there. Because maybe going to a destination during that time of year is a great idea, but when you look at the flights and they're crazy expensive, you may have to come up with an alternative way of getting there. And this is exactly what we did when we decided we're going to fly to London. Flying to London is an awesome idea. I love, first of all, I love London and I guess I'm biased towards it. Um, Absolutely love London and UK and everything English and Irish. So I would say that was a no-brainer in terms of like, sure, I'll always take a few days in London. But also London is a great hub for Europe because there are lots of nonstop flights to London from all kinds of different airports in the US. And we're located, we live in New Jersey. So for us, it's a very short under seven hour flight from Newark airport to London. Also, what I love about going to London, especially with kids, there are morning flights from Newark and JFK to London. Morning flight means you get out of your house early in the morning. Yes, we did have to leave, I think something like at four o'clock in the morning to get to the airport. But to be honest, Ruben was sleeping. We took him in his pajamas, put him in the car seat and got into the car and went to the airport. So that was not a problem. I think our flight was at eight o'clock in the morning. We got on the plane. He woke up obviously by then. He was excited. He saw his friend, the son of my friend who was traveling with us. They ended up spending a lot of time playing on the plane, watching cartoons, just hanging out. There was another little boy on the plane, so all three of them were playing. It was really nice. The time flew by very quickly. By the time we got to London, it was, I believe, 8 o'clock p.m. London time. So we got off the plane, we got our luggage, we got to the hotel. It was around 10 p.m. We went out to dinner, and our room was obviously ready because it was after 3 p.m., of check-in time and we just went to bed so not only did we not have to have an overnight flight which is extremely annoying for people like me uh, because I cannot sleep but also for people who are traveling with kids because it's hard for kids to sleep on the plane there are noises there is light bathroom doors are opening people are talking people are walking so it's really difficult to sleep on an overnight flight and then when you're flying to Europe you get to Europe and it's five, six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning in Europe, and you have your whole day ahead of you, but you want to sleep. So not only do you have to essentially prepay for an extra night at the hotel to guarantee an early check-in, you also end up going to bed right away. Then you wake up at like 4 p.m. local time. Your day essentially is gone. You paid for two for an extra night, so it's two nights instead of one. And now you end up going for a walk or, you know, starting to explore the city. 
but then it's almost end of the day so you have to go back to bed so you're still on this like jet lag for a few days which really can set your vacation for not the best start trying to fight the jet lag flying into london you leave in the morning you're on the plane for whatever hours you need to be on the plane you get to london in the evening their time you have dinner you go to bed you wake up the next morning no jet lag beautiful so i always recommend if you can't get to your destination by going there directly or if it's too expensive fly to london or uh, maybe dublin is another great place where you can have a layover or you can stay there for a few days explore the city and from there go to your final destination So on our last trip, we picked London and we were very happy with our decision because we also thought, well, it's going to be easy to get there. The weather shouldn't be too hot and there's plenty to do with kids. The only part where we failed a little bit and not to our fault, we obviously cannot predict the weather, but it was very hot. We happened to get to London last summer during that crazy heat wave. It was so crazy that even our flight from London to Zurich was delayed by a couple of hours because the plane was so hot sitting in the sun that they couldn't cool it down enough for us to get on the plane. So our an hour and 40 minute flight from London to Zurich ended up being like a three and a half hour ordeal because we had to wait at the airport for the British Airways to find another plane for us. As a travel planner, I always have several conversations with my clients before I plan their trip. Especially if they have little kids, I always recommend that they stay at a centrally located hotel. Places like London, it's very easy to stay in a centrally located hotel because there's so many options. And I love the centrally located hotel for several reasons. First of all, you don't want to spend half of your vacation time in cabs or trains getting to and from your hotel. Even if your hotel is only 20 minutes away from the center of the city, imagine you're leaving the hotel in the morning, getting on the train, getting in the cab, just getting to your destination, spending 20 minutes in the cab, which also in Europe will not be cheap, just to realize that you forgot something in your room or to realize that your child forgot his favorite toy and now is throwing a tantrum that he wants the toy and you need to go back. If you're in a centrally located hotel, you left the room, even if you walked for 20 minutes somewhere, you can grab a five-minute cab back to the hotel, get what you need, and come back. Also, if you want to go back to the hotel room to take a nap, or if it got warmer or colder throughout the day and you want to grab a jacket, grab an umbrella, being in a centrally located hotel definitely helps. Another thing that I suggest for an itinerary with kids, especially kids that are young, under 10 years old, is not to have a super packed itinerary. Have maybe five to 10 things that you want to see in that city, depending of course on how many days you're spending in the city. Have a list of the things that you're interested in seeing and experiencing, and maybe pencil in into your days what you're going to do when. However, be flexible, because you don't know how the weather will be cooperating, You don't know how everybody's mood will be. You don't know how tired you will be. It's possible that you planned a visit to the botanical gardens or to the top of the tallest building in the city, and it just happens that it rains that day. 
so you have to change your plans. Having flexibility in your itinerary always helps. And then when you wake up that morning, you can check the weather, you can check everybody's mood and see what you feel like doing. When working with families and little kids, I always try to give them a little bit of structure to the itinerary, but not a whole lot. I definitely will not recommend a five-hour walking tour of the city because the kids will get bored and get tired. I will not recommend a food tour because for kids, once they sat down in one restaurant or had a bite that said they're done, they're not interested in going to seven others and tasting every single possible food that that city offers. So definitely keep in mind your kids' limitations because you know your family best. Another thing to keep in mind, you know your family and you know your kid, but if you're traveling with friends or other family members, Now the dynamic is different. We were traveling with my friend and her family. So not only did we have to take into account our son's schedule, our son's habits, and our travel style, we also had to make sure that this works with my friend's family, with her four-year-old and her husband. So it's four adults and two kids and everybody has different likes and dislikes and has a little bit of a different travel style, it was a little bit difficult for us to kind of all agree on what we want to do and how we want to spend the time. But you know what? It worked out just fine because we were not attached to the hip to each other. And we would spend some time, maybe the first part of the day together. And then if my friend and her family wanted to go back to hotel and relax, it was perfectly fine. We, you know, we wouldn't take it personally. Plus, again, having a hotel centrally located was definitely a plus because it was easier for them to get back to hotel and relax. And my husband and I, we really love to walk. So we love to walk and instead of taking trains and cabs, we would walk a lot and our son would fall asleep in the stroller. So for us, that worked. So keep in mind, if you're traveling with other family members or friends, be flexible. Don't take it personally if if they want to spend some time apart from you. Because sometimes you just need a little bit of space apart and do your own thing to really enjoy the time and destination and really for everybody to have a great time. So I promise to share some tips on how to make an itinerary to London uh, with kids. London is a fantastic destination. Like I mentioned, there's so much to do. We ended up buying tickets for a double-decker bus. And the boys really loved it. It was so much fun to sit on the second floor of the bus, look around as the bus was zooming through the city. They give you headphones so you can listen to the narration in the language that you choose. I think they have 12 or 15 languages, if not more. The boys, it was so funny to see them. They were like listening to it really intensely. And of course, being on the double-decker bus is just fun. So we spent one morning about an hour and a half on the bus, just zooming through the city, looking at all the different sites. Our boys loved going to see Buckingham Palace. We got lucky that we were in London during the few weeks that Buckingham Palace was open for visitors. And I told Ruben that we're going to see Queen's house. That's where Queen lives. And he was so excited that he's going to see this palace. And Of course, I could not have thought about it like he was thinking about it. Because once we were there and we got through the tour, he listened to the audio guide, which was super cute. I have some pictures where he's like standing there looking at something and he has his headphones on. But when we finished the tour, he goes, Mom, why wasn't the queen there? 
So I had to explain to him that the queen lives there, but we can't see the actual rooms where she lives. Or, you know, we, we were at her house, but she wasn't home. So he was so disappointed. He says, how come we came to visit her when she wasn't home? When we go to grandma's house, grandma's always home. It was really cute and funny how he perceived that the, the queen will be there waiting for us because we're going to her house. We're going to visit the queen. We ended up getting tickets, skip the line tickets for the London Eye, which was probably the highlight of the trip to London. It was really fun to get on that big observational wheel, I guess it's called. I don't even know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a wonder eye. Get ready to stand in line for a while. Even if you have skip the line tickets, you still have to stand in the line to, to get on the eye. So you have to get tickets for the actual attraction, but you also have to be on a special line to pick up the tickets. And they may charge you extra if you want to skip the line there. So it's kind of like twice skip the line. It's definitely as a pricey attraction, but it was fun. It was worth the wait. Um, uh, we, like I said, we don't have to be attached to the hip with our friends. We ended up going for a walk one afternoon and they ended up taking a boat tour on the Thames that they really enjoyed. So at the end of the trip, we all had a fantastic time because we all did kind of like what we wanted. Some things we did together, most of the things we did together, but some of the things that we had different interests in, they ended up doing their own thing and we ended up doing our own thing and then meeting for dinner at the end of the day and sharing our experiences was a really lovely thing to do. Having planned dozens of trips with kids for myself and for friends and obviously for my clients, I have realized this big revelation or I had this big aha moment is that every time I do an itinerary for clients, even after a lot of research and kind of going in circles and figuring out what would be best, I realized that I tend to put families with kids in big cities because even though going somewhere remote may be absolutely beautiful, breathtaking, relaxing, but when you're traveling with kids and there is no playground around, there is no restaurants that are more kind of like laid back and you can pop in into this or that place and if you don't like one place you can pop out and go somewhere else it doesn't give you lots of options and flexibility it may be difficult with kids so I definitely recommend staying in a city as your base so be it London or Dublin or Prague or Madrid it doesn't really matter it depends on your interest stay in the city have a hotel there that's your base and then if you feel like taking day trips from the city it's in Europe it's so easy to take a train when we stayed in London we ended up doing a day trip to see Highclere Castle where they filmed Downtown Abbey and it was a very easy day trip from London we ended up taking a short train ride from our stop where our hotel was to Paddington Station which was fun because the boys already knew about Paddington Bear so they wanted to see the bear. And of course, there's no live bear there at the station, but there were plenty of pictures of, of the bear on different walls and poles and things like that. So from Paddington Station, we ended up taking about an hour train ride to the town where High Clara Castle is. And I'm just blanking out right now on the name of the town. Feel free to message me and I'll be happy to share that information with you. I'll, I'll look it up. We got off the train there. We took a cab that was about a 15-minute cab ride to the castle itself. And we ended up spending an afternoon 
taking the tour of the castle, hanging out on the grounds, and going to lunch in town. And then coming back to London in the afternoon, like late afternoon, where we had a chance to relax at the hotel and then go for a walk and dinner. So being in the city as your base for several days means you don't have to pack and unpack every day. It's really difficult if you're changing hotels every night and being in a car or trains and slapping your suitcases. When you're with the kids, you definitely don't want to do that. Have the flexibility of staying in the same hotel at least for three nights. Then you'll be able to decide in the morning what you want to do if you don't have any pre-scheduled activities. And you can hop on a train very easily in Europe and do a day trip from a big city. When you're planning a trip to Europe and you're planning on flying into one city, spending a few days and then flying somewhere else. So let's say you flew to London just like we did. From London, there are plenty of trains and flights to other cities. And since our main goal of the trip was to visit Switzerland, we ended up taking a flight that we, of course, pre-booked in advance from London to Zurich in Switzerland. Switzerland is fantastic with trains. Everything does work like a Swiss watch. And we flew into Zurich from London. Then we took about an hour train to Lucerne. And then we walked to our hotel in Old Town. You can also take a taxi from the train station or you can pre-book a transfer. Typically, when I work with my clients, I pre-book transfers for them so they don't have to worry about how do we get a taxi, can we pay cash, can we pay with a card, are we going to get ripped off, is the driver going to take us around the town a few times before he dropped us off. So I prefer getting a transfer that's prepaid and there's somebody waiting for me at the train station and takes me to my accommodation. In Lucerne, we decided to stay at an apartment hotel which is my favorite type of hotel when traveling to Europe because you get the best of both worlds. You have all the amenities of the hotel. So there is a front desk check-in. You, If you need something, if you need extra towels or if you need a recommendation of where to go for dinner or breakfast, there is always somebody downstairs waiting essentially for you to come down and ask any questions or call. But also you have more room than a regular hotel. So the apartment hotel where we stayed was actually kind of like apartments. We had a big open space where it was living room and the bedroom and the kitchen and the dining room all together. And our friends had a little bit of a smaller apartment right next door. So we decided that we're going to splurge in one apartment. So we have more shared space that we can all get together for breakfast and kids can play in the living room right by the dining area and we don't have to be all crammed into two rooms just with beds. Another thing that is great to do and that is suggested to do is to map out restaurants and grocery stores of the city where you're staying beforehand. This way when you arrive you don't have to walk around aimlessly trying to find where to eat and reading every menu that you see. If you have spend a little bit of research time or if you work with a travel agent like myself i always give my clients recommendations of the best restaurants in the area and also where the local grocery stores are when we got to lucerne the next morning we woke up we felt like we didn't want to do a day trip right away because lucerne has two parts and what we ended up doing is the boys were still hanging out and some of them were sleeping the little ones were hanging out my friend and I, we knew where the local supermarket was. We went out, we got some groceries, bought some eggs, bought some cold cuts, cheeses, breads, fruits, 
brought it back to our hotel and we all had beautiful breakfast that was definitely cheaper than going out but also it was less formal we didn't all have to get dressed and get ready and go sit in a restaurant because keep in mind when you're traveling with kids and every meal out first of all it adds up for sure it's going to be pricey but also when the kids have to sit at a restaurant they have to behave it's one thing when they're just playing around in the room on the floor with the toys it's another thing when they have to sit at a restaurant so if you can give them a little bit of flexibility and they don't have to sit at a restaurant one last time it's definitely going to be better for you and for them and save yourself some headache at the end of the day if you're traveling to switzerland for more than three days i definitely suggest you get swiss rail pass because that's essentially your unlimited pass to use on the trains and you can hop on any train you want. You don't have to make reservations. You just look at the schedule and you decide based on weather or your mood, which town you want to go explore and you hop on a train with the pass and you go. Lots of trains in Switzerland are scenic trains where the roof is uh, a window, essentially. Most of the roof is a window. So when you're sitting and you're on the train and you're going through the beautiful Alps and you have incredible scenery around you, it's so much nicer to look at all of that through a humongous panoramic window than a little window in a regular car, train car. So definitely, if it costs a little bit more to get into the panoramic train car, I definitely recommend spending a little bit extra and being in that car. Things to do in Switzerland, specifically if you're staying in Lucerne with kids, I would say definitely go up and see Mount Pilatus. It was a lot of fun. You can either take a little boat cruise on the lake and then hop on the gondola to go up, or you can hop on the gondola and then go down on the gondola from the top of the mountain and then hop on the cruise to go back to your hotel to the center of Lucerne. That was definitely an interesting day and the boys really enjoyed being on different modes of transportation. Because you know, if you have boys, it's all about things that move, including themselves. <laughs> Another thing with kids in Lucerne is they have a fantastic transportation museum. It's not only trains, it's also cars and boats and planes and construction machinery and every, anything you can imagine. We ended up spending a whole day there and there's lots of interactive things that you can do at the museum. Also, if I'm helping you plan your itinerary to Europe and your kids are five years old or older, I can definitely work with one of my partners in Europe who can put together a custom scavenger hunt for your kids. How awesome would it be if you're starting with your hunt, let's say in London, you're looking for clues, you're looking for things, answering riddles and looking for a treasure. Let's say you, you spend some time in London looking for the clues, then you continue in Lucerne, then you end up on Mount Pilatus and you find that treasure. It's definitely something different, something out of the box, something that I'm sure you haven't done before. It's fun for kids. It's fun for adults. It keeps everyone's interest through the entire trip. We can do it as a multiple day treasure hunt or we can do it as a couple of hours treasure hunt in the city. But it's definitely going to be a highlight of your trip if you're not planning to do anything else in terms of like pre-planned activities definitely pre-plan a scavenger hunt. It will be well worth your time and money. Another must-have for a trip with kids is travel insurance. You never know when an unexpected medical or travel-related issue may arise. 
It can be anything from a luggage delay for a few days and you end up without any clothes or a canceled flight or medical emergency at home or on the road. We live in an unpredictable world. And if something happens, you want to have a peace of mind that there is a third party that can step in and help out. If your luggage is delayed by a few days, if your luggage is lost and you have no clothes, the insurance will help, will pay for the new clothes that you will end up buying. If God forbid somebody gets sick while on the trip and you have to use medical facilities, you have no idea how expensive that could be and your regular medical insurance most likely will not cover you. Or if you have elderly family members staying at home and something happens to them while you're away and you need to cut your trip short, booking new tickets, losing the money that you already prepaid for your hotel and flight in advance could be a big out-of-pocket expense. And having travel insurance definitely lessens the pain of that financial blow. Pack lightly but strategically. It's not easy to travel with a full-size stroller and a million bags, that's for sure. There are ways to downsize suitcases while make sure you have all the necessities. I always suggest packing cubes because they're great space savers. It's also amazing that you can take a packing cube, put some clothes and put that in your carry-on or put it in your diaper bag because you know things happen on the road, on the train, kids spill things, there may be accidents if you're if they're not 100% potty trained, you want to have an extra spare clothes and wipes and maybe water and maybe milk. So there could be a lot of things that you need to take with you, so make sure you have the space in your luggage and you have a space in your carry-on to take it with you while you're on the road. If you have seen photos from my travels, you know that I seriously overpack, but honestly, it works for me. I recommend bringing everything you may need to make yourself comfortable on vacation, and even if that means packing an extra suitcase so you're not searching for a specific product in the foreign locale, to me, that's worth it. And I know I said pack lightly, but strategically, but sometimes that lightly doesn't really work out and you have to take more stuff than you can pack into one suitcase and you may have to take an extra one. I honestly don't want to be in the middle of Rome searching for a specific butt cream, uh, so I just bring everything I need. Even if I don't use it, I have it on hand and it reduces anxiety. Also a good tip is that certain hotels allow for Amazon deliveries, so if you know you'll be needing extra diapers or butt cream or formula, you can order that in advance and deliver it to your hotel so you don't have to schlep that in your suitcase. I also suggest packing inflatable bed rails if you're traveling with children. For us, they have been really a lifesaver. So many hotels do not have bed rails for kids, and I don't want to be checking up on my son all night, making sure he didn't fall off the bed, which actually happened before. It happened once on one of our first trips when he was about 13 months old. He fell from the sofa bed in the middle of the night at the hotel, He started crying, it was obviously dark, and he crawled further into um, the space under the bed. And when we woke up and I walked to the bed where he was sleeping, to the sofa bed, I couldn't see him. I was freaking out. I knew that he was there somewhere because he was crying and I could hear him, but we couldn't see him and it took us a while to get, get him from under the bed and it was so stressful. I feel like I probably lost five years of my life until we got him from under the bed. So I said to myself, never again, I will let him sleep without bed rails. 
and we purchased these inflatable bed rails that are similar to inflatable pool noodles. And yes, they take quite a bit of space in our suitcase, but we take them with us anywhere we go and never have to worry about a hotel not having bed rails. I also love to pack some new toys, gadgets, books for flight, or even if you're on a train for several hours, because it gives that your kids that sense of new. And if you have a sticker book and you can give them a different page every 30 minutes or every hour, they get excited. Because if they have the same old toy with them for seven hour flight, I guarantee you they're gonna get bored. But if they can get a new sticker or a new little little tiny toy, it doesn't have to be a full blown toy collection, it can be something little that every time gets them excited when they see a new thing popping out of the suitcase or out of your carry-on, that will definitely help. Also, I love bringing thematic books or toys to the destination where we're going. So because we were flying to London, we brought Paddington books. Our boys already knew about the bear and they were familiar with it, but they got so excited that he got to travel with them from New Jersey to London to his home. And we had, we were telling them a story how, you know, Bear got into the suitcase. We didn't even know that he was coming with us. So we kind of made a little bit of a game out of this and it was definitely more entertaining for the boys. Another thing besides the toys, I'm a big lover of all kinds of gadgets that can help on the trip. My two favorite things are a pee bottle. Yep, I said it, a pee bottle. It's literally a bottle that you carry with you. And if there's no bathroom around and your little boy needs to go to the bathroom, you take out this bottle. It looks like a little bit of an elephant. It has a pointy nose and it's pretty discreet. You can take it out, turn him around into the corner and he can do his business. The first time we used the bottle when we were on the London Eye, we were all the way on the top of the circle. So on the very, very top, when you're in this little glass bubble, on there is no bathroom, there's nowhere to go. And both boys, we need to be, oh my gosh, what we're supposed to do. They had to share a bottle. It was kind of gross. But you know, that was a better alternative than having them both be their pants. Mm-hmm. So pee bottle has been definitely a lifesaver. And my friend ended up buying one after we came back. And she says she does not travel without one anymore. Another gadget that I love is a little portable nightlight. My son, I'm sure he's not the only one, is afraid of the dark. Now that he's getting older, he's getting afraid of more things. And going to bed without a nightlight is really difficult. But when you're in the hotel, most likely you're not going to have a nightlight. So having a portable one really helps because that creates an environment similar to the environment that you have at home and it will help him fall asleep. So those two are my favorite gadgets when traveling. I always make sure to bring them because they can definitely save the day or the night. I suggest you let your child pack their own little mini suitcase and put some toys and books in them and you can tell them, listen, whatever fits into the suitcase you can take and other big toys that don't fit will have to stay home. So that would be kind of one tactic to prevent them from taking too much stuff on the trip, but also it gives them that autonomy, it gives them the control of what they're taking, and it will definitely help, you know, trying to limit the amount of stuff that you take in terms of toys. My son has a little suitcase with a monkey on it, 
and every time we go away he's so excited to pack it and now that's kind of like his souvenir his little thing that he takes with him around the world so every time we travel somewhere we always take a picture of the suitcase in london or in switzerland or in canada everywhere we went we kind of took a picture of that suitcase i know that some parents don't like too much screen time and neither do i but when you're on a trip you really need to pick your battles Loading an iPad with cartoons or shows is another easy way to keep kids occupied. If your child is potty trained, I suggest bringing a foldable toilet seat so they can use it on the airplane or the restaurant or the hotel. It will definitely be be very useful and the child doesn't have to be afraid of the big toilet seat and you don't have to be worried about the germs. So we always bring used to bring one when Ruben was smaller and it folds nicely, it has a, it's a little pouch, you put it in your purse and you don't have to worry about it. So that's one kind of like hack or gadget that I really love to take with us on the trips. There's so many things that you have to think about before going on a trip and it can be definitely daunting and overwhelming. So that's why, it, here's my shameless plug, is ask a travel agent for help. A travel agent like myself who specializes in custom-made trips for families really knows the little intricacies of how to plan a trip so it becomes a vacation and not a relocation. We offer a wealth of knowledge about specific destinations, which locations are kid-friendly, age-appropriate tours, and really a lot more. Like I said, I have a four-year-old and he's very, very active and we experience a lot of things with him on international trips and I have learned so many different tips and tricks that can help make a vacation a success that I'm super, super excited to share with you, but I can have a four-hour-long podcast episode. So if you're looking to plan a trip, don't hesitate. Go to show notes, book a free consultation. I'll be absolutely happy to work with you, to talk to you, to share with you my expertise and make your next trip a total success. My most important takeaway from this trip, honestly, don't be afraid to travel with kids. It's enjoyable if you plan ahead and if you prioritize what matters. You know your family best, but travel agents can really lend a helping hand and take the stress out of the process so you and your family can take the time to relax, enjoy, and make unforgettable memories. If you like what you hear and would like to support the show, the number one thing you can do for us is to share it on your social media and tag Olegana Travel Boutique or me, your host, Anna Fishman, in your post. That helps us spread the word out, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. You have been listening to Aligana Travel Boutique Trips and Stories podcast. Aligana Travel Boutique is a luxury travel agency. We specialize in completely custom-made trips and experiences for couples and families. I'm your host, Anna Fishman, owner and founder of Aligana Travel Boutique. Having traveled extensively through 27 countries, I have built incredible relationships with the most fascinating people in the travel space and have curated a personal world of practical travel information that I'm so eager to share with you. From the best hotels and resorts around the world, to agriturismo mom and pop farms. From castle hotels to century-old wineries owned by the several generations of the same family, to the most unique and authentic, historic, cultural, and epicurean experiences. 
Olegana Travel Boutique is your one-stop shop for jaw-dropping European itineraries. Want me to create one-of-a-kind custom trip for you? Let's chat. Grab a time on my calendar for a free consultation through a link in show notes. Thanks for listening. Ciao till next time.